Hey everyone, this is Nathan Holiday, and welcome to another episode of the Gym Mastery Podcast, the place to be for success-oriented gym owners looking for an edge. Listen to great conversations with super smart gym owners, entrepreneurs, and professionals who are changing the game. And today, we have Chris Plentis. He's a CrossFit Level 3 trainer, and he's the owner of Kana Fitness outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And after changing career directions from engineering to counseling to photography, Chris realized that gym ownership combined everything that he loved into one. And Kana, the name of his gym, is Icelandic for explore investigate and also a pot of coffee and the brand is inspired by chris's travels to iceland machu picchu kilimanjaro mont blanc and more so the gym is geared really towards everyday people and he says the level method is perfect for introducing members to smart progressions for various movements and chris and i have an awesome discussion around running a gym business uh, the importance of systems how to brain business has accelerated his growth and some high-level productivity ideas. So enough with the intro, let's get to the show. Chris, great to have you on the show, man. Uh, last time we talked, we were just talking about it. I was actually on your podcast and we geeked out on some of that productivity, sort of effectiveness, gym ownership, business ownership. And I know you're real deep into that stuff too. And I wanted to have you on uh, Gym Mastery so that we could maybe share some of that from a gym owner standpoint with other gym owners who would probably get a lot of benefit out of it. And then, you know, also just cover whatever else comes up. But before we hop in, uh, maybe just give everyone a quick, like high level background of your gym ownership journey. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Um, so I probably have a, a little bit of a different journey than, uh, I don't know about most, but a lot of gym owners in that it took me a while to get into owning my own gym. So I started across it in 2008, uh, heard about it in 2007, actually started it in 2008 following Mainsight. I was in grad school at the time, getting my master's in counseling and uh, followed Mainsight for a year and a half just on my own at a regular gym. And uh, finally joined an affiliate in 2009, started coaching there. Uh, but it wasn't until 2017 that I opened up my own space. Uh, and so, you know, in a way that that allowed me to actually gather things that I liked uh, and things that I didn't like and kind of make it my own. Um, so rather than that, uh, maybe more of a typical story of, you know, someone finding CrossFit, falling in love with it and opening a gym right away. Um, I actually took a, a good while to do that, but opened up Kana Fitness in 2017. We are a CrossFit affiliate and uh, we're located outside of Philadelphia in the suburbs. So it's been, it's been going great ever since. And when you were sort of ramping up uh, to that 2017 sort of launch date, you were accumulating lots of knowledge, lots of yeah. business knowledge. And, and what, so you hit the ground running essentially with like the, the fundamentals of what normally takes people a long time to get in place. Yeah, it was, I, I'm a, yeah, you know, we were talking about the Enneagram on, on the podcast that I had you on and uh, I'm, I'm a seven in that I like fun and ideas and ex exploring, but I'm, I'm, I'm a five in a, when sevens are healthy, they're a five, which is uh, investigating and exploring and, and knowledge. And so uh, I spent years just gathering information about what it's like to own a gym. And this went from anything from reading all sorts of business books, um, general business books. And, uh, you know, one of the, one of the classic ones is the E-Myth, right? So that was one of the first ones that was recommended to me talking with the current gym owners um, at the time. And then my, so I, I was working in education. I was a high school counselor. Uh, but then I, uh, knowing that I wanted to open a, a gym, uh, seriously taking that idea and talking to my wife at the time about it. Um, we, we were like, all right, well, let's, let's figure out how we can do this. And so we may aimed to basically get rid of any debt that we had besides the mortgage on the house. And, so I spent two years uh, at another job, at a consulting job for education, traveled around the United States, dropped into probably about 60 gyms and would talk with the gym owners and the coaches and take photos and basically use it as my research to figure out what I liked, what I didn't like, and then came back. Um, not planning on it being two years. I wanted to open sooner. I wanted to open, you know, like 2015 ish, but it just took that long to find a space to fit it out and, and all that. But 
with that said, you know, I was able to have a lot of good information. I also had gone down to um, Florida to attend Tyrnet's affiliate solution seminar. Uh, so that was one of the first experiences being around, you know, a, a, a gym mentorship type company. Um, they've since dissolved, but and Ty has gone on to other other stuff. But um, now I'm with Two Brain. I'm in the Tinker Group with Two Brain, and uh, you know, just surrounding yourself with like-minded people, and also to not be the smartest one in the room. Uh, that's, that's kind of my goal to always be learning. Yeah. I think, you know, when I listen to that story, you hear these stories of people that, you know, go and they do that. They travel around, they call all the, the most powerful information. And that, that's an extremely rare thing, right? Like it's one of those stories. And so in order to do that, you had to, you know, do a lot of planning sort of like what you were going to do and how did it, from the planning aspect, did you, you said that you were thinking a year, but it kind of extended to two years. Was it like the whole entire goal was to pull in the best of the best information to see what was going well in all these gyms and take whatever you could find? Were you keeping like a list of things or like, how were yep. you, did you have like a big master list of all the factors? Yeah, so how I, have did that work? I have a Google doc. Yeah, I have a Google doc. So it started, you know, the, the first idea, it was one of those things where, you know, you don't, sometimes you don't even realize what's possible. Right. And so I was coaching at, um, cross the King of Prussia, uh, who, you know, if people are listening to this, they probably know it cause it, they've been around for a, a long time and they host a lot of seminars. And, uh, one of the coaches was opening up her own gym. And I was like, wow, like that would be an amazing thing. And this was like 2010, 2011. And so it was just this nugget in the back of my mind that just kept percolating, percolating. And I, you know, when I was in college, I was a civil engineering major, realized in junior year, I didn't really love that and the lifestyle that that, that entailed uh, after an internship. So I switched to counseling, spent a fifth year there, spent another two years uh, getting my master's. So I was in college for seven years and mm. uh, figuring out really what I love doing and, and, and that whole idea of like following your passion, yes, but obviously it has to make you money, right? So a um, lot of self-exploration and doing a lot of these inventories, Myers-Briggs and Big Five and, you know, all, all career inventories. And, you know, coaching obviously allowed me to see what it was like to, to be a, a coach. And then I started nerding out on business stuff because it was just an idea at the time. But I really fell into this idea of, you know, running a good business, not just being a great coach, but actually running a true business. And... I guess, you know, it was this consulting job that took me around the United States and, and even abroad to some countries where like I was able to drop into places and it wasn't, I didn't take the consulting job just to do the research of traveling, but it ended up being a perk of like, Hey, I'm going to go do this talk to teachers for a couple hours. And then I have the rest of the night free. What am I going to do? I'm going to go drop Keyword. in somewhere. Keyword is leverage right there. Yeah. Right. It was on, yeah, it was on someone else's dime and I was able to, you know, drop in and yeah, I have this Google doc that I still have and I would rate, you know, I'd put the name of the gym where it was located. Um, I even have like how long it took someone to say hi, uh, because to me, the personal relationships is what sets us apart from, let's say, uh, other franchises and, and, you know, other, other micro gym models. And so things like how long it takes someone to say hi, uh, what the workout was, you know, I rated the coaching, uh, I rated, um, you know, just the culture and the, and the atmosphere, you know, how comfortable I felt, um, you know, was it competitive? Was it, you know, everyday people type? Um, and when I was there, I would take, I would take on my phone, I would take photos and, uh, you know, if I saw something it, like how they stored their equipment or um, a wall of, you know, I remember dropping into what now is one of my really good buddies, uh, but uh, Tommy Alfinito, who, you know, at the time had CrossFit Mount Laurel. Now it's Huga Fitness in New Jersey. He had a, a wall of pol uh, Polaroids or, you know, instant photos of their members. And I was like, wow, I really like that idea. So I completely stole that and you, made it my own. You basically created your own Pinterest. Totally. Right? <laughs> of like all the cool things that you wanted to pull in. That's awesome. Yep. Yep. So I took notes and I just figured out everything that I, that I really wanted to pull together into my own space. Yeah. Now you, you mentioned uh, Ty and I went to a, a seminar. Uh, Johnny D was hosting it in. Yeah. I met Johnny D. Yep. Yeah. And I, I, were you there? Did you go to that? 
Uh, so no, I, but I met him when I was in Florida at this seminar. I met Johnny D. Gregorio. Oh, okay. And uh, when, fast forward to when I was looking at Level Method, I, he was one of the first people I reached out to because I met him and formed that connection and uh, knew that he was obviously one of the early adopters for you guys. Yeah, yeah. And when I was there, Ty was giving this seminar and it was real big on something I didn't know about at the time. I had heard the words, but I didn't know what they meant, which was virtual assistants. Mm-hmm. And so he went all, he went over that in depth and I didn't have any of that in place. And I'm thinking to myself like, oh yeah, I should, we should probably do that. But what would a virtual assistant do? And like, you don't ever, you know, there's like this, there's the, the pre understanding of what VAs can do for you. Yep. And I sort of, because of that meeting and how much emphasis he was putting on it, I decided to like kind of dive in. Now, the question is, do you have virtual assistants? Like, do you work with VAs? Do you have that in place at your gym? Yep. So uh, because of that seminar, uh, Ty had given one of his like um, secret sauce ideas uh, that he, you know, didn't publish publicly, but one of them was, you know, simple in nature, but amazing in execution of creating a magazine cover for members to celebrate them. So, you know, I know Level Method is all about powerful moments and, I don't even think at the time that book was written, uh, but, you know, the, the book Power of Moments gives right. language to, you know, what you do at Level Method and what Ty was talking about. And so this idea of like picking a member of the month, getting, you know, information about them, creating a magazine cover with them, doing something athletic and then titles to make it look like a true magazine. Um, we've been doing that ever since the beginning. And it's hilarious because I'll... I go to CVS just to print it out the you know eight by ten, but even the person checking out forgets that it's a photo and starts scanning it like a magazine because they think it's a, a magazine. So that was an idea from Ty. I use a VA for uh, for even something as simple as that. Um, and so yeah, you know, actually, will it's funny that we're having this conversation because I'm actually going to be handing off a lot of social media to uh, to some VAs to uh, basically take the load off off my plate because. We had a coach who uh, who took on a full time job uh, doing marketing, and so that was on kind of his plate. And now it's back on me for the last few weeks. But I'm going to be handing it off to some VAs. Yeah, and I mean, I think like this ties in really well because I saw, um, I looked through like what gave me the idea, like oh, I should have Chris on for sure. Was I was just going through social media. We have VAs do all sorts of media, but I still go in there manually. Cause there's a lot of things that, you know, sometimes you need to be aware of, you know, you can't yep. like hand everything off. And I was going through your social media and it's very organized, right? It's like on threes, everything's tight, everything's. And I was thinking to myself like systemization. Mm-hmm. And this is a huge part of, of business. And you had mentioned, you know, running a gym business, running a good business and sort of the the excitement as like adults, right? So like when you're a kid, you play games, you play video games, but then like as an adult, the game can become, if you if you choose to think of it that way, of your business and like Completely. tweaking and making it better and better and better. And yep. systems give you the handles to be able to, uh, you know, take on a bunch of tasks that aren't necessarily yours, but then mm-hmm. systematically hand off all of those processes to other people. And so that's what I'm guessing you're in the process of doing, right? You have this coach yep. that does all this stuff, but he's following processes. Yep. He leaves, you take the processes on, and it's a temporary amount of time that you have to be doing this. But at the same time, like what I'd like to do personally is if something happens where I have to re-engage with the process, you re-engage with it, and then you ask yourself, what can be improved? Right. And like what totally. you, you go down the list and it's like, oh, I could do this and this. And what do I want to change? So talk about talk a little bit about like your your I, w- I want to say process again, process of creating processes. But what's your mm-hmm. what's your process with all that? And how do you uh, know what to prioritize in terms of what things to make, like what processes to create? Yeah. So one of the first things that I think about is how much energy it takes for me, whether that's uh, time. Uh, but also even just brain energy, just thinking about or having it weigh on me, right? So um, social media is one of them. Uh, so I had a, you know, I did a kind of a part-time career in photography. I would do wedding and, and family photography. And uh, I, I love the creative aspect of it. And I love, um, you know, capturing people and, and, and basically making them fancy where, you know, they can show off like, Hey, this is me. Or if you tag them on social media, their friends see it. And, um, I think that's just a cool opportunity to give people. Um, 
and so bringing that to the to the gym aspect is obviously one one part of that but you know while i could edit photos um it's not the best use of my time mm-hmm. and because there are other people that can do it and technology these days there are you know lightroom presets i can just literally email to someone and have them and say hey use this preset, uh, tweak it as needed, but um, this is what I want. This is the look that I want. And so anything from that down to, um, you know, video editing. So like I said, for our members of the month, we do a, a workout, we customize a workout for them each month based on the things that they like, maybe sometimes the things they don't like too, but we have them come in, they do the workout, we film it as B-roll. Uh, and then we also do an interview with them to get a bit of a biography and uh, a story from them. and mm-hmm we put it all together into, you know, a five minute or so, uh, video. I could learn. I, I like learning things and I, I learned how to edit video, but again, it's not the best use of my time because it's going to take easily over an hour to do that. And so, um, these are the types of things that I think about in terms of what takes my energy, what I enjoy doing, um, how can it be systematized? Um, but like you said, it's important for me to be able to do it to know number one, what to expect from people that I do hire. And then number two, to tweak anything that needs to be tweaked. So, um, you know, even down to like cleaning the floor, right? So I have one of our members, we trade for a membership to clean the floor, to use our floor scrubber, but I needed to use it first to see how much time it took to see if there was a better way to do it uh, in terms of the order of literally filling it with water, adding soap, what route to take if there was a better route than another. Um, and so those are the kinds of things that I need to know first in order to actually hand it off to someone else. So instead of saying, Hey, just do it. I I need to, they need to know what is expected of them. The Chalk It Pro app will help build your bottom line and save you time every week on your business systems. Leverage their technology to add more personal training and remote coaching clients, build on your community culture through social engagement, and efficiently manage your time spent programming. Do all of this with one app, not three or four. Chocket Pro is designed and built by gym owners to help gym owners. Find out more information at chocketpro.com. And that's like the controllability factor, right? So like... If you're thinking about the a system being like a functional piece of like dynamic technology that like is there and I have to continuously sort of plug into it, make it better, let it run, double check it, but it's mm-hmm. I can tweak it over time. And that's the most important thing is the fact that it's a, an entity, right? right? And then I right. can up make an adjustment. And without that, and we, people talk about systems all the time. And when we, when, if you're not familiar with this, the idea is that you create step-by-step steps, right? One step at a time of exactly what you want to do. And you move yourself, you remove yourself from thinking about having to do everything to doing it one time to start, you create the process, then you run yourself through the process, like you do it, make any adjustments, you hand it off, then double check that person. That might have to happen a couple of times, you know, and then you have that in place. And this, I think, is when you come to the idea of like superpowers or leverage in your gym from the outside. If, if, you're, if you're a gym owner doing most of the things yourself and you see a gym that has a lot of things automated. So like your social media, your uh, the magazine cover, like and whatever of the many other things that are sort of automated and they're being outsourced, essentially. If I was from the outside looking in, I would think it's impossible to do that much work, right? right. It's a, and, and if that's something that you're thinking it's impossible or you don't have time, this is where leverage needs to come in. And you start to think about, as opposed to an hour of doing the video, if you find yourself and you have to do it and you don't have a process, then you might do the first editing of the video or you might hire somebody and ask them to create the video, right? And so mm-hmm. then you have the way that you want to do it. So I, I just I just want to emphasize the fact that, you know, when it comes to owning and running a gym, you want to have as many entities of processes in place so that you can then give those to people and you're still not losing sight of everything. And how do you manage? Do you use any software to manage that? Yeah, so we we use a, a number of things. So our primary mode of communication is Slack. Uh, we find it just works to be able to have different channels to cover different um, 
different topics. So for instance, when a new member or even when a lead, you know, puts in their information into a landing page that gets uh, automated uh, through Zapier to Slack to say, hey, a lead put in their information. If they book an intro, that gets automated to show that, you know, number one, so that I know, get notified uh, or other people who do intros, but also so the team knows to see who's coming in and, and whatnot. So Slack is great in terms of communication. Uh, I recommend to any gym owner who is looking into this thing to just go all in. So sometimes people will have Slack and they'll have text message, they'll have email, but really just have one mode of communication. And um, and the reason I like, I like Slack over text is because you can have different threads for different conversations and some people can be involved or, or not um, versus like text messages that get lost. But go all in because if you still have text messages going on the side, then things are going to get crisscrossed and, and it's not worth it. Um, so Slack is one. Uh, we use Google Docs a lot. That's going to be uh, huge in terms of capturing media, sharing media. Um, we have, depending on the process, sometimes our written process is better. Uh, so we use Google Docs for that. Um, and my general manager has created a Google site so that our team can go to, go to the Google site and see a table of contents and be able to search the SOPs. But sometimes a video is better. So if we're showing something through our member management uh, software about how to create a membership or how to you know, tweak a membership or whatever, we'll do a loom for that because showing a video is just a lot quicker to understand that. So it depends on the SOP, but um, yeah, either written down Google Doc or uh, if it's going to be video capture, then it's going to be over Loom. And a quick note, Loom, for anybody listening, is the screen capture software that allows you to record your own screen as you go through things. And that's the one of the biggest hacks that there are. Like if you're mm -hmm. going to do a process, screen record it, yep. then you have it, and then you can give it to someone to create a process off of that, or you can just give them the video. Right. You know, either way, the, when you have a process, it can be a little faster for the person. But again, it doesn't matter. The most important thing is that you get it out. Now, one of the things about Slack is we use Slack internally, too. And I think the best when you look at GTD and you think about capture locations, like Slack being a centralized capture. So you're not thinking like, where did I see that? Right. Or mm -hmm. where did I hear that with a text and an email? And you can't find things. This is like the, the biggest problem with, with teams. And I think that's why Slack works really well. Now, do you do anything with task management? Do you, do you manage any tasks? Yeah. So personally, I use Todoist and a couple other team members use Todoist. Um, we also, uh, for our CRM, use ActiveCampaign. So that actually has not been leveraged as much as it could because I know that there are tasks that can be built through there and assigned depending on you know the person's uh, step in terms of the, the journey that they're on. Um, but it's for, for people listening, you know, it's similar to, you know, an up launch or GLM gym lead machine, um, in terms of CRM capture information, but also, you know, uh, Kanban board style, mm -hmm. put them in different parts of the member journey. And so like when it comes to, you know, managing all of your tasks or projects, you basically, do you have team meetings, you hand that stuff off? Like if, if there are things, yeah. So depending on, on what it is, um, people have different roles. So we have one, what I, for what works for us is having one person deal with all things membership related. That way everybody knows it goes to lamb, right. right? So membership needs to be created, goes to the lamb. Membership needs to be canceled, goes to the lamb. Um, if it's going to be something, you know, uh, if a schedule is in, is scheduled, if an intro schedule is going to be done through Acuity uh, integrated into our website. And so that just automatically assigns someone to the intro. Um, we do meet every other week uh, officially. Uh, we find Zoom works because we have some full-timers, some part-timers. So being able to meet over Zoom, just make sure everybody can, can be there no matter where they are um, and what they got going on. Um, and then on the off weeks, I meet with Lamb, who's the general manager, to go over anything that needs to go over. But in between those meetings, you know, again, over Slack, mm -hmm. we're constantly having communication. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so you had mentioned two brain earlier and Tinker, sort of going from Thai to Tinker. And now, how has Tinker affected you on your business and like what you do? Yeah. So the first step uh, in terms of someone joining TwoBrain is to go through their ramp up process and then get into growth. And that's very much building systems, hiring staff if you need to hire staff, um, building SOPs, um, learning all about marketing. And so when I first joined, 
you know, is very much all of those things and being accountable to someone, your mentor to actually do those things. So I find, um, a lot of gym owners are idea people, right? Because they're entrepreneurs and, and the whole idea of having the gym is great. But when it comes down to uh, execution, you know, they might start something and then they go see this shiny new object and they go tend to that and they forget this thing over here. So being accountable to somebody, just like people coming into the gym because they are accountable to you as a coach, uh, whether it's a personal training client or, or signing up for a class, um, it's the same idea. It's like, hey, I know I need to do this work, but having someone there, um, aka a business coach or a mentor, uh, is going to help me actually do the things that I know need to be done. But you know, when distractions come about, are going to keep me focused. So, yeah. what's funny is you had said that you real quick you had talked about you know ideas like there are the, the fundamentally there's like two types of CEOs: the visionaries. Mm-hmm. Right. And then the systems builders sort of operations. And it's yep. like, you know, the idea sometimes can be really awesome and you need that aspect, but then you also need mm-hmm. that other aspect. So keep going. Yeah. It's just, it's, yeah, I talk to gym owners a lot because I, you know, when people are interested in two brain, I do a lot of those calls to, to talk as a, as a gym owner to them uh, and to answer any questions. And so I, you know, it's almost the same thing with everybody. It's like, Hey, I'm working a lot. I'm doing a lot of things in the business. Um, the staff isn't doing what I want. Uh, I don't have enough time at home for my family. I don't have time to go on vacation. If I do go on vacation, I can't actually, you know, uh, take a break because I need to keep tending to the business stuff. And a lot of it is because they know they need, they know what to do, but actually doing it, actually doing the thing, mm-hmm. right? You talk to gym owners and they understand SOPs are important. They understand that having a staff handbook is important. They understand that, you know, they need to delegate, but it's actually doing the thing that they aren't doing. Um, so when somebody assigns them that and says, hey, you have two weeks to do this, uh, being whether it's the competitive person they are or, you know, they're, they're better being accountable to somebody, like whatever that is, um, they're more likely to do it, way more likely to do it because they're now accountable to somebody. Yeah, that's the, you, that, that whole doing, I think doing it, that like the accountability aspect is someone can't hold themselves accountable. It's like, oh, I put it on my calendar, but then something pops up and then I just get rid of it. Don't but yep. I, I prioritize something else in the moment. Yep. Yeah. It's like, it's just one of those, it's kind of like traveling where, you know, everybody's like, oh, I wish I could go there. I, I, you know, one of the questions that I ask a lot on my podcast is, you know, what's on your bucket list, right? And a lot of it's related to travel for most people. And it's like, okay, well, why haven't you done whatever it is that you want to do, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, generally just a matter of doing it, like prioritizing it, making it happen, buying the plane ticket, booking the trap, like whatever it is. Um, Now, gym owners are already a step ahead of most people. Most people are sitting at their day job nine to five and wishing they could be doing their own thing. And and for for many different reasons, they haven't done the thing, right? They haven't quit the job. They haven't started the the side hustle, right? Um, For many different reasons. But once people are running their own business, then there's a lot of things they realize they need to be doing and just simply aren't. So a lot of what the growth process is, um, luckily, TwoBrain has a roadmap. So basically, they have this, actually, it's very much like level method in that there are different milestones to to meet depending on the criteria. So for instance, when it comes to uh, social media, right, just simply having a website is step number one, right? Having an Instagram, step number two, having Facebook page, also step number two, like, and eventually to the point of producing a member video every month, right? Like that's going to be step number 12, because, you know, we don't want to jump right to there in the beginning. Uh, So it's very much related to that whole idea of the level method going, you know, hey, we're not expecting you to front squat, you know, double body weight right now, like, right, just, just, grab a, a light kettlebell and squat to 24 inches, right? Like let's just keep it reasonable depending on where you are. So they, two brain has that, which is great because a lot of gym owners want to know, okay, what's possible, but also what's reasonable in terms of, of what, where to be. Once you can get to the, the gym to the point where, you know, you're not doing all of the things. Um, for instance, I got, I, when I started with two brain, I was coaching 20 to 25 hours a week. Um, of classes or PT. And they got me to the point of not coaching at all. So not being on the, on the schedule at all. Um, now 
ever since then, I've realized, you know, because I jump back in and I either help coach or people are on vacation or whatever. So, you know, part of my, you know, what they call perfect day is coaching. Part of it is coaching because I really love the coaching aspect of it. Um, but if you can't get to the business, get, can't get the business to the point where you don't have to, right? Because it's a necessity, um, then that's something to work on. So get to the point where you can do the things you really enjoy doing in the business. Um, but a lot of that does mean systematizing the, uh, the business almost a hundred percent. And, you know, how you had mentioned level method, how has level method in terms of systems and in terms generally, like how has it affected or impacted your business? So we just went through a complete revamp uh, or at least tweaking of our onboarding process. So it used to be just uh, a standard three one-on-one sessions. Uh, we based it very much off the level one. So the first session was very squat intensive. The second one was very pressing uh, overhead related. Uh, and then the third one was more full body or, you know, lifting from the ground related. So we've taken that, I- that, that idea, but also, um, inserted level method assessments into each of those. Uh, what we found, and this has been over the last few months, um, what we found is people, number one, it's more accessible instead of like giving them, uh, you know, a, the classic baseline workout of like 500 meter row, 40 air squats, 30 sit-ups, 20 push-ups, 10 pull-ups, right? Which, you know, is very lactic intensive. Um, Asking them to, hey, let's um, do air squats for a minute and let's see how many you do, right? Like that's very accessible for many people. Um, And so when we put them through that, number one, they see that they can do it. Um, One of the messages that we try to convey uh, both by literally saying it, but also by having them experience it is that they can do this, right? A lot of people are intimidated by CrossFit. Um, CrossFit is not in our forward facing name, but they still, you know, uh, know that we're an affiliate or at least we explain it. And they, people get intimidated when they see barbells and they think they're not going to be able to do it. They don't think they're going to be able to keep up. Um, but they know they need to change in their life. So one of the first messages we need to convey, um, mostly through experience is that, you can do this, right? They look at the level method map. Everybody thinks they're going to be white and most people are somewhere in the yellow or even orange range for us. Um, you know, our average for us being in the suburbs of Philadelphia, our average age is 42. Uh, so we probably have an older demographic than maybe a, a good amount of other CrossFit gyms. But, but I like that because a lot of our people are in their forever homes uh, and they're also coming in with the longevity aspect. And uh, so our, our whole marketing thing is, um, it, it, well, we used to say CrossFit for everyday people. Now we just say fitness and nutrition for everyday people. Um, that way it's very clear that we're not looking for competitors. It's fine if you come in looking to compete, but for the most part, we're just looking for people who want to play with their kids or grandkids, you know, lift luggage into overhead bins when they travel and get away and, you know, just generally live a, a healthy life. So back to the onboarding process, we call it Basecamp. Um, our Basecamp process has these level method assessments that are very accessible. And when people get done with them, they're like, okay, like this isn't so bad. I can, I can actually do this. Um, plus it gives them, the, when they see the next step is going from 20 air squats to let's say 30 air squats. They're like, and maybe they, they ended at 28. Right. So they didn't quite get it, but they're super close. It gives them a little carrot to chase once they're in class. And so um, to me, that idea of growth and progression uh, is exactly what they they want and they need. Um, so they don't get discouraged seeing someone do, you know, Murph, someone doing Murph RX or, you know, yeah, partitioned and with a weighted vest. And it's like, no, 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 no. We're 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 starting with just, you know, standing pull ups like we have, we don't want, we don't need you to be, go there right away or even at all, like depending on what your goals are. Yeah. So, um, maybe running us through, so when someone comes in, right, they go through their onboarding process mm-hmm. and then how is it affected? Like, do you do goal sessions? Um, do you tie that in at all? Yep. So we do, uh, our client success manager, CSM, um, she will pull a list at the beginning of every month of people's uh, join date. And based on their join date 
every three months, she will email them uh, with a link to sign up for goal review sessions. Mm -hmm. So we will have a, a little uh, carrot in there saying, hey, you can get a free in-body scan if you come in for a, a goal review session. But basically it's our way of saying, hey, if you want to check in, uh, let's do it. Let's meet. Let's come up with some goals. Let's figure out what 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 to get you in terms of resources. Sometimes that's um, you know PT sessions with a coach. Sometimes it's an introduction with our uh, dietitian. Um, sometimes it's just simply being a, checking their attendance list and and seeing if they're showing up as many times as they want. So sometimes it relates to or leads to a, a, some paid opportunity um, to generate revenue. Sometimes not. Right. We don't pressure them into anything uh, in terms of uh, paying for more. But if it happens to help, then great. Right. Um, and sometimes people are like, no, I'm, I'm good. Like I, I'm coming the many, as many times as I want. I'm, I'm seeing improvement. And so, OK, perfect. So, um, yeah, we'll pull up the level method because uh, now that it's all in the app, it's great because they can see what levels they are. And sometimes it's just a matter of reviewing like, hey, number one you're actually doing great because we got a lot of people who, you know, just downplay either their performance or just don't understand the fact that what they've done in the last three months is actually pretty incredible. Mm -hmm. um, and then figure out, all right, what, what can we attack? Sometimes it's, it is their weakness, but sometimes it's maybe a milligram item. And sometimes it's uh, a strength that, maybe has taken a bit of a backslide because they've been working on weaknesses. It really depends on, on who the person is and where they are. When it comes to owning a gym, showing your members their progress and keeping them engaged long-term is really tough. Level Method provides experienced gym owners with a visual step-by-step -step fitness progression system that's fun, engaging, and easy to use so that regular folks in your gym can reach their fitness goals safer and faster than ever before and become raving fans of your gym. Go to levelmethod.com to find out more. Yeah, that's a great thing about, you know, the, the power of the pivot hinge point, you know, this like connection point of talking with someone, sitting down with them and just bringing their mind back on what they want. Right. Yep. And I think that this is the big thing with people in general, like who after doing a, like a nice reflection session or like going over their goals, doesn't feel more clear and ready to go. But before most people don't want to do it. Right. They're like, nah, I don't want to do it. And I think this is from a coaching standpoint, this is like in getting the, the bribery, right? Well, it's not bribery, but it's like, here's an in-body come and mm -hmm. figuring out the things you can do to get people to engage because when they engage and they plug into the world of their goals within fitness and health, where are they that they're going to actually hit those goals with you, right? In your mm -hmm. environment. And the more we can plug them in and think about those things and the more coaches can be connected with someone's goal, but also their, their why as even a more important thing. Cause it's like mm -hmm. you said, 42 years in yep. that, as the average, much, much different goals and much more, much different whys and purposes than the 25 year old or a 30 year old or a 42 year old professional with no kids versus a family that has, you know, six people in it. And they're, you know, it's a totally different thing. And a coach being connected with that can really change the communication aspect. And you don't, you can get that in classes just over time, getting to know people and you talk, but very rarely do you sit and have a focused 15 or 20 minute session, or however long it is of just learning about this person and getting sort of digger, digging into the, the deeper why. I think that's really cool. Um, yeah. Do you have any thoughts on any of that? Yeah, we, we, we have a lot of people who are more than willing to play up and celebrate other people, but for themselves, just don't recognize their own uh, abilities, uh, accomplishments, wins. And so one of the things that we started uh, probably two years ago, but um, I uh, being in, in two brain and two brain group, they do bright spot Fridays where, you know, as, as a gym owner, like what have, been your bright spots this past week? Like what has gone well, even though things might not have gone well in some areas, there has to be something to focus on to recognize the wins, uh, as small as they may be. Right. I got to work out, uh, four times this week, uh, you know, and I only thought I would be able to work out three times, whatever that is, or, you know, PR revenue month, like 
whatever that is. So we do that in our uh, Kana Facebook group, our private members group. We call it Feel Good Friday. And we say, hey, what's made you feel good this week? Like uh, that could be something with kids. That could be something at work. That could be something like whatever. And you can also shout out other people. Um, so if they recognize someone else in class doing something well, um, just to get that positive feedback going um, and to start looking for those things in your life so that they're doing it, not just on Friday, but any given day. Um, it's like, you know, when you get a new car, suddenly you see a whole bunch of other of those cars out on the road. It's because you're looking for it. Right. Yeah. And so if you can practice that as a mindset activity um, for us, that's, that's huge because, you know, I, I really see it the gym as being just this um, uh, kind of breeding ground for positivity and growth. And, you know, yes, people come in for the fitness aspect, but um, I actually see it as a Trojan horse because I feel like the mental aspect and the the growth that people have uh, is, is even greater than a lot of the physical stuff. Yeah. I mean, as you're talking, there's a couple important points. And I think, again, bringing people's attention back to what's important. So the muscle of reflecting, and then especially reflecting on wins and directing Mm -hmm. people's focus, because this is the whole thing, what you focus on is what you feel is the old saying is like what you're looking at, what you're thinking about. So as a as a structure, from a gym standpoint, the structure of the gym, if you have these things built in place, there, everyone's automatically thinking about that. And this ties in Mm -hmm. also to power of moments is when someone does it, what happens when someone puts something in there, other people are like, awesome. Boom, boom. And this becomes a moment, right? But it's all based around positivity. And in my gym, we, what we used to do. um, So I moved to uh, Santa Fe, New Mexico about six months ago. So I haven't had a gym, but one of the most powerful things that we did in my gym and it was a really underrated sort of low key thing. It was just on the wall. And sometimes we didn't do a good job of promoting it, but when we did promote it, it was like the most powerful moments of all. And this was what we called a shout out box. Mm-hmm. So we had like a little box that was like when someone puts in feedback, it could work as a feedback device also, like we want this or whatever, but someone, we would encourage people to give other people shout outs. Yep. So it was like a shout out from a peer And when you get a shout out from a peer, like regardless, people love shout outs from coaches, but from a peer, Mm -hmm. it's something a little bit different. And it's, it's really special. You get the same thing when someone puts something in the group and then another person comes in, you're getting it from your peers. So I I just think that that's like a, such a huge uh, and important part of gym ownership is creating this structure to create these powerful moments of positivity. Cause I, I think that everyone can agree that there's enough, negativity. <laughs> you know, there's enough yep. of stuff pulling our attention, our focus into the things that don't really matter. So yep. that's awesome, man. Yeah. Um, completely. From, a from now, so from a, we have a, maybe 15 minutes left or so, and I'd like to spend some time from a, uh, you know, a personal standpoint f- from you and how you manage your life and some of the lessons learned uh, over time of with kids and with business and with your own training and your other projects and family stuff. And so run me through a little bit if you have routines or you do, do you do, do you plan your weeks or like, how do you navigate and work in your life just at a high level? Yeah. So um, using something this is as high level, but using something as like Todoist to capture what I need to do and also put a due date on it um, because I'll be thinking about a lot of things and might realize that I need to do something next week, but I don't need to spend any energy on it right now. So to be able to just put it in there and then take it off my mind and set a due date of you know next Monday um, is, is great because then I can see both my daily to-do list and then also my upcomings. Um, so what I've realized lately is, um, you know, in the Tinker Group for Two Brain, we we do these ninety day sprints, uh, which are very much like ninety day goal review sessions that you would do with an athlete. But the idea is, you know, you pick certain goals depending on um, different topics. So something related to financial, something related to family, something related to uh, freedom, and you come up with some, you know, metrics in terms of you know how to measure it, right? Because uh, what doesn't get measured doesn't get managed, right? So basically 
what I've added in over the last probably about year now um, is more daily uh, updating uh, and and data gathering so that by the end of the month, let's say for instance, even like something revenue related, um, I'll do daily revenue uh, captures. So I'll uh, pull a report on you know the income for the gym, depending on the category, put it in a Google spreadsheet. But because of the way I've set it up, it'll tabulate everything I need to know at the end of the month. So it's already there. But what I used to do was wait till the end of the month, pull a big report with a lot of data, have to parse it out. And it got very confusing and the numbers didn't line up. And so what I've realized is that just the maintenance of doing something more frequently helps in the long run. Um, it's like brushing your teeth, right? You brush your teeth you know, twice a day and it's to prevent any sort of major work, dental work, you know, if you didn't brush your teeth, right? And, and, and it doesn't work if you brush your teeth really, really hard one day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. You, don't, you can't brush your teeth really hard once a month. So um, yeah, so that's, that's something that I've been tweaking uh, as I go along. Um, so, you know, but at a high level or, you know, something that might be not as frequent is something like spending more quality time with my kids. So I have a five-year-old and uh, now two, t- Lily just turned two yesterday um, and Connor will be six, you know, next week. So one of the things that I, uh, I stole from a, a fellow tinker, uh, David Allen is to do just one-on-one dates with them. So, um, you know, Connor really loves Lego. And so there's a, a, uh, Lego land down the road at, at the local mall. So, you know, one month we went, uh, picked a day and we went and went to Legoland, just the two of us spent time together, but it was something that was intentional. It was something that was, uh, planned and because I can, I'm definitely more of a spontaneous person. And so this is not necessarily in my nature, but I know is important to me. So, you know, about every 90 days I'm sitting down, I'm saying, all right, what did I do? Well, last month, um, that could be mobility, that could be working out, that could be spending time with the kids, that could be um, saving money and investing in it. Um, what went well, what didn't? Do I want to continue that or tweak it? And is there anything I want to add or delete? And so by asking those questions about every 90 days, I'm able to say, all right, doing those little things day to day or week to week, depending on you know what it is, um, will eventually add up. And, and when you look at either that quarter or the year, you could say that you did that much. Um, so I know you do that in your routines of like, hey, it's not necessarily about you know that one day, but let's talk about wins from the week, or let's talk about wins from the month, you know, because that's what's going to be you know the bigger game changers in terms of uh, move, whether it's moving the business forward or moving personal life forward, um, taking a step back and looking not just not micro but meso or macro view. At Level Method, we're constantly searching for ways to make your life as a gym owner easier. And that's why we created our social media service that makes you look like you're putting in tons of hours or paying someone an arm and a leg. Get six professional themed text and image posts each week, four weeks at a time. Check out levelmethod.com social for more info. Yeah, like what you focus on again is what you feel. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're bringing yourself yes. back to the positivity, this is one of the primary ways in my mind to change identity, mm-hmm. right? Like when you think about identity and the way we view ourselves, it, they're memories, right? So the frequency mm-hmm. with which we recall me- certain memories is going to help adjust our identity over time. Like we're just, so if we're continuously bringing good memories and things that wins and all this stuff, we realize like, oh, I'm not a piece of crap. Oh, things are going really well. Oh, like, and it's just step after step, month after month, you start to see this. So a couple of things that I noticed here is you have two, essentially two layers, two levels, right? You have the, the elimination of uh, day-to-day overwhelm, which is like being able to keep your mind clear by having a single place to capture things that now can get off of your mind. Mm-hmm. And this is like the ground floor, right? When you think about, as you're interacting with your life, you're moving through, people are throwing things at you and it's very easy to just get totally overwhelmed. But if you have a machine, which is like Todoist, any one of these task management, somewhere where you can easily put all that stuff in there, single location, you don't have to worry about it. And then 
you have the other level of like the 90 day cycle, right? Of like mm-hmm. big picture and these big picture things will chunk down into then like an action item that might find its way on a rhythm of daily, weekly, monthly, but they're directly tied to the high level, right? And then you know, and then over time after 90 days or whatever, you then plug back in to that mode of the very high level and you ask yourself these questions and you force yourself to reflect. Mm-hmm. And th- that reflection in, in like the way that I always look at it is that reflection creates the ability to distinguish or to make distinctions between what's working and what's not working. And like, even in your business, right? Like when you first start out or you start out in fitness, beginners do not have a distinction ability. They can't mm-hmm. tell what's mm-hmm. good and what's bad. It's because they don't have the experience. And even if someone has the experience quote, they might not have done the reflection to mm-hmm. then build that ability to really make distinctions between what's really working and what's not working. So I think like a couple of the big takeaways from what you do and what I think what Tinker sort of pushes everybody is simplicity, right? Mm-hmm. So no need to overcomplicate it. And I think that like a lot of, depending on like for me, I have a tendency to overcomplicate everything, right? But it's not accessible if it's like that, right? It's not now people aren't going to be able to, so simplicity and then quantification. So being able to take things that, um, are sometimes feel like they're maybe not very controllable. So like more quantity time with kids turns into one blocked out thing per month where you're with your boy by one-on-one, he's getting all the attention from you. And it's like exactly mm-hmm. what he wants and what he needs. Right. But right. It, it would just be a dream. And you'd be like, Oh, I want to get, I want to have more times with time with my kids. Like, okay, well, what actually needs to happen? And it moves again into this, something that's quantifiable and also simple. So I think there's some real gold in there from a, just from a uh, systems perspective of how to navigate. Do you have any things that you do like morning routines, PM routines, um, learning, like some people have things around like what they're learning. Are they, do they have a backlog of books that are on there? Are these are kind of like podcasts. So how's like the routine side and sort of your day-to-day will look? Yeah. So at a high level, I like to create a lot of blank space for me, for me. Cause I like, I do a lot of thinking. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think, you know, sometimes that results in maybe a delayed decision. Uh, but sometimes that, you know, like the gym, like I took a, a while to actually open, but when I opened, I was doing a lot of things that some other folks would have taken longer to learn. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, so my, if you look at my calendar, I have a lot of open space and that's just simply because I like to, um, you know, I, I, by nature, I'm an extrovert. Um, but, and, and so I get my energy from being around people. I love being mayor when I go to the gym, but when I am not doing that, I need, alone time. I just need to, um, not quite decompress, but I need to just, um, kind of percolate on things, um, and just think about, all right, I'm constantly asking my, asking this question of how can it be done better? Um, and it's usually related to the business. So, um, this whole, you know, base camp revamp that we've been doing, um, has taken a few months, but it's because I've wanted the coaches to run through that process to try different assessments, uh, depending on the session they're in and to figure out which ones are best, which ones are not. And then I also needed to coach them as well to figure out what I thought was best or not. Um, so at a high level, I like to just have a time to think, um, from a morning routine. Um, it's kind of, it's a little bit hard to have a routine when you have two little kids, but, um, they are usually up around six. So I try to get up around five 30 to at least get uh, a some, head start. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of a head start doesn't always happen. Um, now, you know, Connor's usually up and, and is able to get out of his room. And so we let him watch a show in the morning to keep him distracted. So I have about, I have about an hour and a half to get, you know, stuff done. So that could be reading, but actually for me, I find, cause I know a lot of people do like to read and, and to, you know, to, to do that kind of stuff in the morning. I actually find for me, I get better peace of mind if I can answer some emails or check what the news, what's going on in the news. Or um, at one point I was in pretty, yeah, yeah, exactly. Close some loops and and just, just feel like I'm getting some, some real work done. Um, Also knowing that anything could happen in terms of making breakfast or whatever. Um, I'll usually go and work out with the 830 crew. Um, It's pretty good crew that shows up and um, uh, that's, you know, anywhere from four to six times a week, depending on the week. 
Um, and then after that, I'm either staying at the gym and meeting with coaches or, um, doing stuff around the gym. We just moved back in May to a new location. So I'm even still now kind of optimizing the layout and making sure that everything is where it's supposed to be. And, you know, I, I call myself a glorified facilities guy right now because I'm, I'm doing a lot of the like more maintenance type stuff. But I like that because again, to me, the member experience matters a lot. And so if someone walks in and where the computer is for check-in doesn't make sense or, you know, where the equipment is, is spread out. So they have to go to this place or that place. You know, for instance, we keep our collars on the barbell because to me, it's not worth making two trips to go get a bar and then another trip for collars, just grab the barbell with the collars on it. And then you already have them. Right. So things like that um, are things I'm thinking about in terms of member experience. Um, but yeah, I'm usually home for lunch and then uh, either doing calls for two brain to talk with gym owners or um, just kind of get another gym stuff done uh, at home in the afternoons. And, you know, one thing that you'd mentioned is the, you know, long batches of time. And there's, if anybody knows who John Cleese is, John Cleese, the, the Monty Python, like Actor, the, yeah. the creative genius that he is, there, he has a quote that talks about the key to creativity is to, to build isolated chunks of time in your day islands that you are not distractible you can't be contactable you're in that place and you're just able to disconnect from the world and the reason that's so important is because it gives you access to a state of mind that's called like the diffuse state which is like you have the the engaged sort of solving problems and tasks which a lot of people are doing all day long and then if you try to be creative with your mind like that, it doesn't work. It's too tight. And then what you need to do is separate yourself to let your mind sort of relax. And when this opening of your mind, this then allows you to make connections from different parts of your brain that wouldn't normally be connected. So it gives you access to something that you don't normally have access to. And this is also a very powerful form of leverage because if you can have an idea that you would not have had that is like the, the most leveraged idea. And the idea might be, I need VAs or, you know, it could be something like that. But if you're in that spot, boom, a game changer. And it was one like session of thinking time. And you'll see this a lot of times in all sorts of creativity, but any book you read on creativity, one of the biggest things is that you are disconnected from the, the world. Now it's difficult to do if you don't have something in place to capture the items, you don't have a way of relaxing your mind. And this is one reason why a personal system using Todoist or using some sort of thing. And anybody that's interested in building a personal system, I have a blog series about how to build a total personal system. The whole idea of that is so that you can have your mind relaxed and give you access to these creative spots. And I think that what you're doing is probably the ideal right? It's you, you want to have large blocks of time that you can immerse yourself in a, a certain set of ideas, a certain world, and you can just make connections. And I think that that's something that most, a lot of people, I mean, I do actually see it in Tinker quite a bit. I, it might, must be something that they talk about because I'll see it, right? Is that, is that what happens? I think number one, it happens because that's kind of where people got their businesses to so that they can afford themselves that time. Right. But then I also think, and then number two, Tinker, a lot of Tinkers have other projects going on, whether it's opening other locations or, you know, like Tommy's opening a distillery. Um, other folks are getting into Airbnbs. Um, so they need time to focus on other stuff. Mm -hmm. But um, I think it's also the resources we either the podcasts we listen to the books we read are going to be similar uh obviously you know very similar to obviously what you're capturing too but it's recognizing the importance of giving space uh in order to actually um make the changes that move the business forward right, right. because if we're always just answering emails or if we're always just responding to things we're not actually going to uh move anywhere right we're you know we're, we're, we're going to move and a lot of people move an inch in 12 different directions and right. then they they actually reflect back and they're like well i didn't move anywhere right, right. it's like no, no 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 just pick pick a direction drive forward you know you obviously will need to address the other areas at some point but you need to drive forward and make progress in order to actually um you know move the wheel um so that's something that you know and it 
we, we talk about it. It, it. It's not as easy as it, as just talking about it, right? Like it does take practice and it does take discipline. Um, Distinction. Having, right? Absolutely. And having the structure of that, let's say SOPs or having even down to when I was doing social media, when I first started the gym, I kept having to come up with all these different topics I wanted to talk about. And then I realized, well, wait, why don't I just make nutrition the Tuesday midday post every Tuesday, right? Because then it gives me the expectation that on that Tuesday, I don't have to think about the topic. I just have to throw something I know about nutrition in there, right? right? Like that was, that was a, a, such a simple unlock, but such a freeing one because the structure allowed more creativity in the long run versus the overwhelm of you know, having too many choices, that paradox of choice, right? When you have too many choices, uh, it, it's actually not a good thing. And so it's a selecting a handful of very important things and mm-hmm. re- reminding yourself on a consistent basis of those things to help move them in the right direction. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I think that's a great place to stop. One uh, additional question just that I like to ask. Well, I ask a couple of questions. This is, might be the first time I'm asking this one. It has to do with books. So I know, you know, any good books that you're reading or have read or something that you would recommend uh, to a gym owner, business owner, whoever in the recent, you know, year or so that you've, what's your, what's your uh, recommendation? Yeah. So I had skimmed Dichotomy of Leadership by uh, Jocko Willink, but now I'm actually going in and, and reading it. Um, and so I'm about halfway through that. Um, right now for our, where I'm at, that's really good. As a, as a leader, this is something that a lot of a lot of us are learning, but that balance of, you know, you don't want to micromanage. But what I'm also learning is that I can't be too hands off either, mm-hmm. right? So trying to figure out where that pendulum is, and you know, meet with my staff to actually get them the tools they need. Uh, that's something that I'm trying to focus on right now as I remove myself more and more from the business uh, or from the day to day. Um, so I, I just got back from a week at the lake. So, uh, we were just talking about this book there, but boys in the boat is a great book. Um, so if people are looking for a, um, well, it's a, it's not, it's not a fiction book because it is true, but a a non-business book to kind of get themselves out of the, uh, you know, the business world, uh, boys in the boat is an amazing one, um, about the Olympics crew team. Um, It's a good analogy, right? Yeah. Like what do you think about from a, it, it, like it might not be having to do specifically with business, but that's gotta be a great, there's gotta be a lot of great lessons that can carry over into business. Yeah. Well, and, and anyone who, who owns a gym, there's some, some great uh, geeking out on, on rowing uh, <laughs> and boats and whatnot. Yeah. So um, yeah, those are the two that come to mind. Um, and then there's uh, one that was recommended by a ton of people, especially in the Tinker group, uh, think like a monk by uh, Jay Shetty. Uh, I have not read it, but I have it downloaded. So yeah, I'm gonna actually capture that because think like a monk. And then we had what a bo- boys, boys in the boat. But, cool. All right, man. Well, thanks so much, dude. I think this was this was very it will be very helpful to a lot of people if they listen to it, just from the standpoint of understanding what it takes to run a good business. And it's not to say that you're not running a good business, but when we think about right. what is constructed in a business what we need, the elements of it, the team in place, all those sorts of things. I think this can really help people. So I just want to thank you, man. Any, if someone wants to get in touch with you, whether it's to do, I don't know how the tinker thing works. If somebody gets directly in touch with you or on your gym, if they wanted to touch base, how would someone get in in touch with you? And do you have any last words or anything like that? So either you just kind of take that and run with it. (laughs) Yeah. uh, People can get in touch with me by just looking up my name, Chris Plentus, P-L-E-N-T-U-S on Facebook or Instagram. Um, Pretty searchable. I I think I'm pretty sure I'm the only one out there. Um, Our gym is Kana Fitness, K-A-N-N-A. Kana is Icelandic for explore and investigate. Uh, It also means pot of coffee. So uh, we have a very travel, travel uh, branded type uh, place. Um, yeah, but I don't know. Best advice. I just, like I said, I just got back from a week at the lake. And even though technically I'm in the Tinker group, I, I realize there's a lot of things I want to shore up and, and improve in our systems because um, I was doing some work, not a ton, but there was definitely some things that I could, I can improve in the business. So my recommendation is to book a vacation for a week or longer and see what happens 
and based on whatever happens or doesn't happen, um, you know, if intros aren't booking because you're the one who's always doing the intros or if um, your team doesn't know who to go to for whatever or, um, you know, uh, whatever the case may be, things will pop up because you're not there. And those are the things that you need to address. So um, I realized that, you know, this last week away. Uh, and so there's some things I'm going to address, but for a lot of folks out there, um, they're in a position where they might think a, a week away is impossible, let alone two weeks. Um, but you, you got to make it happen if you want to really have a business that, that you can call a business rather than, uh, basically a hobby that, you know, you maybe get paid for. Right. A job that you just sort of, yeah, you, yeah. Most gym owners, when you you do the effective hourly rate, the EHR, they're working less than minimum wage, uh, based on the amount of hours they put in and the amount that they actually, you know, pull from the business. So we, you know, we, we don't talk to, I don't talk to people where, you know, they're making a hundred thousand dollars, uh, and also working, you know, uh, 60 hour weeks. Right. it's not like they're working so much and also they're making a ton of money. Right. <laughs> like that, that doesn't happen in this world. Um, yeah. I totally so, know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, um, thanks so much. A lot of wisdom there. And uh, I think if anybody really takes that to heart and, and thinks about building a sustainable, sort of that bus test mm-hmm. that it, it's going to solve so many problems, right. If you just think like that. So Thanks, man. Uh, and maybe we'll have you on again. Uh, and it'll be good to catch up, uh, you know, down the line, see how the business is going. So um, thanks, everyone for listening. And uh, we'll see you next time. Well, cool. thank you. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Gym Mastery Podcast. If you know someone who might like it, please share it with them. And if you're a gym owner wondering about the level method, uh, in a nutshell, it's a step-by-step fitness progression system that's fun, engaging, and easy to use so that regular folks in your gym can reach their fitness goals safer and faster than ever before and become raving fans of your gym. If that sounds interesting, please go to levelmethod.com to get in touch with us. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you soon.